Hello, Spacers. This is Atlas, Berserker of the Acers. I need the audience to share our story to anyone you meet. One, it'll increase my standing for promotion. And two, it'll help our group share our story through the planetary system. We love to see our supporters and backup from everyone who watches. I'll hand you over to Nathan. Hey guys, thank you for watching and supporting through following, subscribing, Patreon, and even just watching listening to the show. I hope you enjoy this episode, and make sure to leave any thoughts or questions in the comments. Until next time, Spacers. Thank you. Was the night aboard the C2, and all through the ship, the radar wasn't stirring, not even a blip. The crew all journaled without a care, for they had the hero's journal to help them prepare. McKenna, an elephant on two legs, wrote snug in her bed, I am thankful to not be wed. The sharp shooting of Clive, and the formation of this beautiful hive. Visions of being better, a more centered loxodon dancing in her head. Clive snuggled down to write in his tattered clothes and cap. But today, I learned to dance. It was exhilarating, the best I've ever felt. Now, for me, it's time to nap. Pleased, he was headed towards his goals. He prepared for the dark place and a good night nap. Then there there was Atlas, who goal set with a clatter. Become more powerful, find the monster from his past, take care of the last loved ones in his life. He was the strongest in the universe, but even so, he needed goals that matter. Over a year and with a flash, the hero's journal made them all better with a whooshing wash. Increasing productivity, mindfulness, and goal accomplishing flow, they found the heroes to the journey lay within them just below complete with pictures that make the fun appear. Each page is a magic story like flying reindeer. Recognize who wants to be quick? The journal makes accountability, visualization, and development fun in a flick. Their colors, quality cover, and Discord community are the bomb. So check them out now at heroesjournal.co. Here we go. Roll for ignition. Hello, spacers, and welcome to this episode of Starlight, where Ray's going to go on a date. Clive is going to uh, figure out more about knowledge, how to get power and truth. And Atlas is going to try to lead us. Um, so that's going to be an interesting journey. Welcome. I'm Courtney, playing Ray, and we have... I'm Sam, I play Clive Jensen. And I'm Nathan, and I play Alice. And we have the horrible, destructive, mind-boggling dungeon master by the name of... <laughs> Hi, hello, I'm Isaac Yorks, and 
what Courtney was meaning to say at first was Dungeon Master, but she almost said Dungeon Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and that is indeed me, both Master and Bastard. And I run every single character in the game and try to keep up with the players. So he That's his resume. Yeah. Guys, ask, please email for Isaac's resume. He's taking open to job applications right now for any voice acting. Funny enough, I haven't been able to get any jobs with that my my accolade being dungeon bastard. I don't know why. <laughs> but okay, someone's going to hear this and email and offer you a job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I want that job. <laughs> Sounds kinky. All right, let's jump into this episode. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Dean Luma settles into a day of rest and relaxation back at the Kashin family base on the planet of Ballastar. For Atlas and Ray, the two bond somewhat as teammates and battle buddies and meet up with the illustrious Second Don Slauson. Some fun is had as Atlas secures his comrade a date with an awkward slave boy named Crete, and Ray begrudgingly accepts. Ray's nervous tics become apparent as she settles back into life surrounded by other people and Clive goes on to learn more about his past. At the archives, Clive discovers a potential lead to discovering more about the Shrine Cross via an investigative journalist, and he is unsettled to learn an old acquaintance may have had a hand in dismantling the secretive group. From the past reoccurs the name, Thil Il Khan. Still, the group has time to kill before the testing at 1500 tomorrow. Memories retrieved. Why don't we begin with a little bit of inspiration? And for this, I'm going to give the inspiration to Clive for picking up a lead. Sweet. Awesome. So thank you. Go Clive. And with that, the camera goes from dark to like lighter shade of gray to then white. And then the room fills in to four players playing D&D as your resident dungeon master asks, you all are split up somewhat, like Ray and Atlas are together. What do you guys want to do? Well, currently Ray is going to kick Atlas really hard in the shins for embarrassing her. Make an attack roll. Two. Oh, did you need me? And then she's going to stomp off. Did you need something, Ray? Oh. That's rude. <laughs> well, I just don't understand why you had to do that. I was making a friend and you embarrassed us. I was excited. It was a new experience I've seen with you. You're actually like speaking to someone with in friendly terms. Well, he was the only one who's spoken to me in friendly terms. Well, that's good. Now you have a date. What I did. It's not a, it's not a date. You have you a meetup. Do that. But I did. Okay, where are we going to next? And her arms are crossed, like looking away from him. For reference, uh, just so you guys know, it is getting later on in the day. Probably meet up with Clive and then uh, try to get to somewhere to sleep, get prepared for tomorrow's test. And I know you have to have you go on your date. I don't know what Clive's plans are for tonight. Thanks to you, it's three days from now. That is true. You know what? That's probably better. You can get enough sleep for the test.
Do you want to call Clive? I can I call him. Hello? Hi. I think we're going to meet up for dinner. Meet up for dinner? Where at? At the cafe. Down the road. And you can tell there's like an annoying annoyance to her voice. Uh, caf- cafe down the road. The, does yeah. that place have a name? It's yeah, called the Live Rat. No anywhere to go. <laughs> Live Rat? I don't want to go anywhere like that. <laughs> you just put Atlas on the phone. We'll go to the Chow Hall. All right. What time? Uh, what time are we meeting? In five minutes. Uh, <laughs> might take me a little bit longer to get there. I'm gonna see. I'm all the way over in the archives, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll meet you guys there as soon as I can. Okay. Well, Slauson's coming, and he doesn't look kindly at people being late. I uh, will be there when I get there. Okay. See you soon. And I hang up. <laughs> so, are well, you actually going weird. to the Chow Hall? <laughs> yes. But Wait, I was well, trying to get him to hurry. Why are we going to the chow? <laughs> <laughs> to get food. Okay. Right? What else? Hey, just as an FYI, though, skip the eggs if you're going on this date. I'm not going on a date tonight, thanks to you. And he's no, not a date. That, that stays in bad. your system for days until you stop eating it. Okay? Just. I don't trust me. The eggs? the camera fades to dark and then it lightens back up as you guys are entering the chow hall ray describe to me as you're looking at this military chow hall what do you see it's a huge almost like if you could imagine like auditorium that has tables equally spaced apart people are in uniform it's very obvious that this is some kind of military eating place it's buffet style get what you want food service and there's clear demarcations as where certain ranks are sitting so there's tables that like atlas wouldn't be able to sit at or especially me or clive wouldn't be able to sit at and there's just a lot of tables and a lot of people. One of the other interesting things of this is you see that although the walls are plain, the only things that would count as decor are four like long banners mm. that are like still gray with the, the symbol of the Kashin family on it. And then set at the northern wall are two great portraits of the boss mother and boss father of the entire Kashin family. You see a hand-painted picture of a man by the name of Hiruzen Kashin. When you look at him, you see a face that looks warm and endearing, but also has an edge of someone who could lead with a fist if needed. Hair slightly speckled gray. It's a human. And then the boss mother is by the name, her name is Ada Kashin, and you see uh, a wood elf. And she looks like someone who's sly. Even now, her eyes look calculating. The hair is black with the ends of it kind of like turning to like a little bit of like a light brunette. The dichotomy between the two almost making the brown almost look like something more in the spectrum of like dirty blonde. The eyes are a piercing green. And they, from these pictures, they seem to peer over all that is within. 
Alice, is is that when I point up like, is that like everyone's mother and father? How do these like if you join the Kashin are these your new parents? I would consider them just the. Yes, they're think of them as like the heads of the household. Hmm. That would be interesting. I've never really had solid parents. And I walk over to the buffet and throw out my food. And from there, we flip over to Clive. <laughs> A little bit after hanging up from talking with Ray. Clive, what are you doing? I'm done looking in the, the archives. I still want to find like a general shop or marketplace kind of. So I'm going to call, you know, the nearest taxi, however, however it works here. And ask them to take me to the nearest, like whatever a general goods store would be around mm -hmm. here. The pudgy forearm tiefling looks back at you right away, boss. He comes up to a uh, like something that looks like it's like a really shitty shop nestled in between two convenience stores. Ah, that one. No, that one. Right there. That's the one. Have yourself a good time, boss. Oh, already. Thank you. And then I'm gonna walk into the the shop. The door's open. Ding. And a voice comes over. Welcome to Flynn's Flange. <laughs> Is it just like an intercom voice? Or yeah. Okay. I'm gonna kind of walk. Up, I'm gonna walk up to the front desk and introduce myself and say, you know, "Hello, my name is uh, Clive Jensen, and I'm looking for um, anything I can use to like prepare a meal with." Oh yeah, we got that. What are we talking about here, Sonny? This like old man kind of puts his spectacles closer. We're talking about something for uh, like a, like a a big family dinner, or are we talking about something for just you and the tots? Uh, just me and the tots, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, go take aisle B, and you should be able to find some like a little like uh like a you're not in college, right? No. I but you're looking colleges. For, you're looking for like a starter set yeah something something like that yeah 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 the, the, usable on a spaceship you know or oh, in like wilderness okay. kind of if i if need be oh well, okay that's aisle d you're gonna go down to the camping equipment okay okay cool all right well thank you oh wait by the way what was your name again me travis <laughs> okay, Travis. <laughs> Thank you for your help. <laughs> Down the aisle. <laughs> what? What's so funny? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, just 
I had a friend Travis from way back when he uh, was always the jokester and I just remember something something pretty funny about him so yeah, it's a good name good name let me know if you can't find it but you make your way into the section and you find like various like mess kit stuff um, nothing that's like necessarily like high grade perfect for a spaceship but like yeah you find like a good like survival kit that's hardy packs away very like into small spaces and could probably serve like you and like maybe one or two other people very easily without having to like make multiple things in it and then as i'm looking through the this stuff can i also roll a perception check to kind of take a quick scan of everything that he has in the shop kind of Trying to see if I can get a feel for like how long he's been in business or if he's had experience like selling in other places. So he might have some uh, commodities that aren't necessarily or are probably more rare, at least for this area. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make perception roll. Yeah, it's going to be an eight. It seems like a chain that's on the cheaper side. So I'm going to take my... Basically, it's basically just going to be the the cook's set that's in the, the artisan tools or whatever. All right. Well, I think I, I think I found what I'm looking for. How much for these? How much for that? Uh, let me hear. He scans it. Ah, oh, yeah, that's not much. That's going to cost you 15 credits. 15 credits? All right. I think I can do that. Are you much of a chef? So I'm assuming you are just a purveyor of foods. Uh, beginner, really. I took a took a little side side uh quest on one of the on my last mission and picked up a few skills and i'm kind of uh, interested in seeing what i can do with them mm. well we, actually we just got something in special i don't know if you saw it it's um it's a special salts it's expensive it's gonna cost you double what you just paid for here but any aspiring chef should want it i mean we're talking something that's like on the order of gathered from the side of a volcano hmm sound good it it does but i'm curious uh where did you get it you don't seem like much of the uh go out and foraging kind of type i i i I just bought it bought it from who got it from a shipment from the normal distributor Mm. okay well what kind of salt is it just bay hair tears bay hair tears you ever had that? No, that means nothing to me. Okay, come here, come here. He takes you back and he, sure enough, comes to like a wall with like a few spices and he pulls off like this, this stack of salts that's like 30 credits and it's very small. Like we only get like a few servings out of it. They're like rock chunks, but it almost looks like they're in the shape of like raindrops that have been like hardened. And he hmm. pops open the lid, breaks it, breaks the seal. He goes, here, taste it. Okay, I stick it in my mouth. Make a wisdom saving throw. Nine? It's it's very salty just from that one thing. Then it feels as if your tongue goes dry, and then your mouth starts to kind of pucker up. Your knees start to quiver, and you drop to the ground as, like, these tears start running down your face. (laughs) Oh, I see where they they get the name from. What? What? What is this? It's literally taken from a bay here. You see, when they're in the middle of brooding season, 
There's a little bit of runoff. Collect it. It's a delicacy. You only need about one tiny pinch to make a dish. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like, well, you see, it's kind of, it's, it's, it'll make you drop to your knees otherwise. What do you think? Every aspiring chef should have something special. Are you telling me this is crystallized mating juices? <laughs> More or less, yeah. And it's a delicacy. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah, why not? I'll try it. <laughs> but ah. I want an unopened one. Fair enough, fair enough. And you watch him just like close the jar, seal it, and then pretend to put the plastic wrapping back around and put it back on the shelf and grab you one off. And then he scans it. <laughs> 30 credits. And he hands it to you and he goes, come on back anytime. Now, I was, now before I'll go, you seem like you, uh, you've you been around for a while, probably interacted with quite a few people in your time. <clears throat> Do you know where, besides archives, if someone was, say, looking for information about anything, do you know anywhere in in the city that I could uh, go and talk to anybody. He thinks on it for a little bit and he nods. Mm. Like what kind of information are we talking? Uh, You know, the history of races or history of just things in general. Something maybe information on synths or anything like that just curiosity uh, okay you wouldn't happen to be like affiliated with any of those white knights would you white knights I don't even know what you're talking about no oh, okay um, yeah I think I yeah yeah I, I, there's just someone I, I know a fella firebolg by the name of Trutel. And where is he uh, where's he located at? He works a little bit more in some of the mining industries. Old buddy of mine. But he's he's a smartin. He went to college. And I didn't. I make more money than him though. And he uh kind of like writes out something for you. Here. Tell him that you came by my shop and uh forwarded your number his number to you. Mm. See what he has to talk to you about. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know what? Here's, here's ten, 10 extra credits for your time and your hospitality. Oh, thank you, fella. You guys are literally just starting to bust your trays as Clive enters the cafeteria. Oh, you missed Slauson. He was very disappointed you weren't here. Yeah, well, you know, I had some, some stuff to take care of myself. Uh, you know, I didn't come here to talk to him anyway, and that was whole, Atlas's whole deal, so yeah, I think it'll be fine. 
What's, what's up with you, Ray? You seem a little on edge. Well, this bimbo, and I look over at Atlas, ruined my attempt to try to make a friend. You got her a date. A friend? He turned a friend getting together into a date. You have a date? I don't. You got don't. her a date? Yeah. Atlas got... What? <laughs> yes, I did. Wait a minute. You like people? Exactly. That's why I got this. That's what, exactly what I thought when she was talking to the kid. So I thought, you know, might as well. She turns bright red. Um, oh, it's that kind of date. And I... That's what I said. I don't like, eat the eggs. I like rats more than people. But... He Wait, talked is he a rat? No. Oh. He talked to me and told me his story and listened. And unlike two other fellows that I know. Wow. That's kind of uh, it's kind of shocking to hear. Uh-huh. You're not going to go kill him, are you? Because that seems like a very you thing to do. I'm not going to go kill a friend. And she is very distraught that you wouldn't insinuate that. I'm going to my room. Clive, enjoy your dinner. There's not much left in the buffet. You're pretty late. And I glare at Atlas as I leave. But I want to ask you more about your... uh, Why is she always like this? I think she's just excited for her uh, date. It was supposed to be tonight, but it's uh, three days from now, after the test. Or You know, for somebody though that keeps complaining about not having anybody to talk to, she sure takes every chance she can to walk away from us. Yeah, I think it's tonight. It's she's just preparing for the test and mentally preparing for her date in a few days. So it is a date. You got her a date? Yeah. This, How uh, did you manage that? It was just this slave kid named Crete. Supposedly she took a liking to him. And, Wait, uh, Crete or Crate? Uh, Crete. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you said Crete. I thought that would have been a weird name. Yeah, no, no, Crete. What, what does he look See, like? I mean, he's a decent kid. He was a little uh squeamish i asked him if he enjoyed pain like if he's a masochist or not but uh he seemed to just i mean i, I think he was just mentally preparing for it so he pushed it out a few days because it's supposed to be tonight oh man if he's going on a date with ray he's gonna be in uh well let's just say i hope i hope he takes those three days to really prepare for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll see well what about you atlas did you uh did you take care of uh, whatever business you needed to with your commander? For the most part, uh, we got the information that tomorrow, I don't know what the test will be, but um, after the final test tomorrow, I'm basically being told her order to go on vacation. So, yeah, how things go after the test. Order to go on vacation? For what? They don't think I'm mentally me. fit for duty as of right this instant. Hmm. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe taking a break wouldn't be such a bad thing. Well, it's getting pretty late. Do you want to? I don't know. We could hit up a bar, grab a drink, play some pool, or just call it a night. Um. Alice will take Clive. To the the finest strip club they got. Wait, wait. Do they do they have sense? 
Um, you know for a fact there are scents within the organization, but because scents are harder to tell, or they are at least vary, there could be, could not be. But just, just out of game for reference for you, Atlas, that's kind of a reason why there is like, there's always been a little bit of pushback against you mm-hmm. is you seem like, you know, it's like you're a mix of like, is this person a machine or is he not? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Also, well, on our way to the strip club, I'm going to hit, I'm going to uh, hit up Guinevieve. Hello? Alice? Hey, I'm actually uh, back in Petrolis. Oh, you're back. You, you didn't come by and say hi? Uh, I had to meet up with Slauson and then had a few other things we had to do. Uh, what is it this time? Did you break an arm? Do you need me to replace it? No, actually, I was taking out one of my squad mates to the, uh, the ballroom, so we'll see how that goes. Just giving him some free time. You're going somewhere with a friend? Uh, squad mate. When was the last time you did something with a squad mate? That's amazing, Atlas! <laughs> I'm so happy for you! Wait, are you calling me to invite me? Yeah, if you want to go to the uh, ballroom. Hmm. Okay. Why not? I'm not really working on a project tonight. Sure. What time right. are you going to get there? Uh, 10.30. Give me some time to freshen up. Put on my fancy suit, my fancy hat. Probably be there around 10.30, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Oh, shoot. What did I do with my nice outfit? Uh, and you can already tell that she's sweating over the fact that 90% of her out- outfit <laughs> is scientist robes and overalls. <laughs> then she, she hangs up with a kink. You guys eventually make your way to the ballroom. It is a part of the the tower, the central tower, and you see that it there's a lot of like dapper looking men and also women coming and going from the spot. It has that very like upper echelon feel even from the outside. When you guys come to the area, you see that there's like tower skylights that have been created to allow the light of the night and the, the moons to get filtered into the center of the tower where this building is built into it. The outside has been cultivated with like a small like sculpture garden. And there is a nice like walkway that's lit with lights to a front door that has a a, a big bouncer looking man with a big handlebar mustache but he's dressed in a complete like tuxedo with tailcoats on the end, even though you can see very obvious like brass knuckles on the fists. Above it, there's a sign that says the ballroom. And as the doors open from behind him, he kind of looks back and moves out of the way for a hotty toddy couple to come go by. You get a quick glimpse of what's within. Everything inside is built of like a wood veneer, warm lights, and you can hear soft jazz music coming from within and the smell of fine cooking. And you guys come up to him and the man looks at both of you and he says, just two? Um, I have a third coming shortly, but as of right now, yeah, there's two. 
Alright. Why don't you go ahead and make yourselves at home. Clive, what are you wearing? So, Clive is wearing... So, he got rid of all the battle gear. So, uh, now he's wearing um, brand new, like, dark blue jean-like pants. Um, he's got nice sport coat on with the black button uh, or a black uh, button-up shirt with like silver buttons all down the side he's wearing a bolo tie he's got the he's got, going the whole thing he's got the uh, new black cowboy hat with a silver trim all around it just to make it flash out just a little bit more and then he's got on brand new uh, dark brown leather cowboy boots okay so he looks both of you up and down and once he decides that you both fit the dress code enough, he opens the door and he just says, you know the rules, keep your hands to yourself unless you've paid for it. Otherwise, enjoy the shows, the food, and kind of keep things well behaved. Gentlemen, and he lets you in. And as you enter, you want to describe the rest of what you're seeing? <laughs> open up into a big just huge open space with booths circular booths everywhere tables in the middle of some of them poles in the middle of some of them they're all like wrapped with super nice fancy red fabric big huge bar that you know is the length wall-to-wall bar in the back you know with drinks flowing uh, you probably got five six bartenders back there just passing out drinks everywhere and then you look to the left and there's this big, 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 just like almost concert hall-esque uh, stage. It looks very, very, it looks it looks pretty, pretty fancy. Uh, basically like as if you were gonna go into a, a professional concert hall and you got like that, almost that stonework on the sides and all that fancy jazz going on. And then probably a good 10 feet in front of the stage is gonna be a pit where the jazz music that's being played is actually a live live band mm -hmm. and they're playing from inside there um, and then if you look to the right that's where you're going to see there's going to be another bodyguard that's standing there with basically the red velvet rope and back there you see like just mist and lights going flashing back and forth and that's where all the special rooms are uh, that you can be taken to for you know extra extra entertainment let's just say <laughs> As you guys enter, there's another person, red skin, single horn, dressed to the nines, and comes up to you and says, Sirs, uh, are you here just for the drinks? Are you coming for the performance tonight, or would you like to rent a booth? I think I'm here for the performance. Performance, some food, some drinks. Nothing too scandalous. Not for me, anyway. Of course, of course. Okay. So for the performance, the tickets apiece are going to be 50 credits. Yeah, I got that. And then, of course, anything else that you want, you will be paying on a per basis. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Drinks are separate, although the first one with the show is on the house. Ooh, well, if that's the case, then uh, give me your finest scotch. <laughs> well, right up. Now... And then starts to show you some of like the some of the better seats for the the different performances that are going to happen on the stage. And as he's taking you past these booths, at first these booths all look completely empty. 
and then that's when you realize that the booths themselves have like some sort of shielding technology on them and then mixed with like a cloaking that makes it look like you're kind of like seeing through them and you watch as a person comes out of the booth and it's like they kind of like evaporated out of nothingness and they kind of smile and behind them comes a uh, a beautiful woman um, a, a little bit older in her years but none nonetheless beautiful and she's dressed in just gorgeous silks that are white and gold and she's just kind of like smiling as she's following after him um, and you, you notice that like on the floors by where these booths are there's like a red light or a green light and the red denotes which ones are being used but you are poured the finest scotch anything for you atlas atlas will take bourbon and then whatever he thinks that uh gonna be usually gets or has the bourbon is made for you you are given that with your tickets and then you are given a dolphin on the rocks water <laughs> so shortly shortly a little bit of time passes you guys kind of like share some 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 conversation a few of the 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 courtesans come by and none of them are dressed in a way that is that you would even think that they're a courtesan at all but they you realize that this of course is a, a step above sure there are like things that are a little bit more lewd but on like they are here to provide company and so some of them stop just to talk with you about your day they listen to your problems and they also offer advice before then kind of moving along and saying that they hope you enjoy the show and and it's shortly after that that Guinevere shows up now Guinevere comes uh, around the corner oh, oh hey guys and the first thing that catches you Clive is the fact that she smells somewhat like day-old donuts. Her hair is a little bit disheveled, although you can tell that she really tried. Uh, <laughs> it's like a kind of like a, a short blonde. There's like ha she's half elf, so slender um, of build and fair skin. These kind of like blue eyes and an easy smile. She's wearing something that looks like a a, a cocktail dress. Um, that she's like somewhat a little self-conscious of, so she's kind of thrown a shawl over the top um, and it kind of covers her shoulders. And she she says, is this my seat? Okay, thanks. And she uh, takes the drink from Atlas and she goes, you shouldn't have, you know exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. goes, uh, she leans past Atlas and she puts a hand out to Clive and she goes, hi, I'm, I'm gonna be Watson. Hi, I'm Clive Jensen, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember, you were kind of like in and out when I operated on you. Uh, I remember <laughs> very, very little, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I, yeah, I don't remember a whole lot. Just kind of vaguely what you look like, but beyond that. Well, here I am, the woman from your dreams. <laughs> well, that's certainly one way to put it. Uh, so I'm, I am curious, though, uh, you how long how long have you and Atlas known each other? He's not much of a talker, so mm, well, it's been a while now. What's it yeah, gotta be? Atlas like what, like eight, nine years maybe now? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um I I, I work on him whenever you know he needs upgrades or uh, whenever we want to try something new. 
Which, by the way, I was absolutely floored with how that anesthesia worked on you. It, it's safe to tell you this now, but that was a <laughs> test round, never used on anyone before. And it worked marbles. Uh, bartender, can I get another drink? <laughs> right away. So, you experimented on me? No, no, no. I mean, it was. we knew it was stable. You it knew was it was stable, but you hadn't tested it on any... Well, I mean, we did it on frogs. Oh. You know. I, I pretty much got the same frog. Same biology as a frog, you know. Mm -hmm. Sarcastically, he's saying that all sarcastically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not really that far removed when we go down, like, the DNA structure and the chains, right? You know, one thing here or there, and then poof! Out you come with two little green legs and a little hoppy self. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What does that list look like right now? I was just trying not to laugh at this whole exchange. So, Clive kind of nudges, goes over to Alice. She's like, "Is, is she always like this?" Uh, yeah. I mean, it's usually a little bit more toned down. I think she's just excited to finally be out of the office. It's kind of why I called her too. She stays in the uh, lab too long. Uh, so I'm happy you didn't turn me into a frog, and I do appreciate that you were able to, you know, work on me and repair me and fix me. And um, I'm glad I'm. I'll, if if you don't mind, I'd like to buy you a drink to kind of, you know, say thank you. One, if I could turn you into a frog, I would be a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire, so you can, yeah. But you're you're welcome, and I will take a drink. Although I think these ones are free. Um. I actually don't drink. I don't. I don't love it when things mess with my mind. Okay. Well, you know, if there's, if you want some food or you know whatever on the house, I mean, first one, just to say thanks, you know. Well, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> um, they have a wonderful poutine. I've heard. What is poutine? <laughs> it's like it's fries with, um, <laughs> like. Like cheese and chili and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like yeah, it's basically yeah. fries smothered in gravy. Yeah. yeah, it's a Canadian thing. Fries with gravy and cheese, and they do a wonderful. Uh, I think it's like a this is some duck with this one. Um, <laughs> I've never been here, and so she kind of like eagerly looks down to the stage, which is starting to fill with like dancers and stuff like that. She goes, "Yeah, that that would be great." Sure. Hey, uh, barkeep, can I get two orders of the uh, poutine? Uh, Atlas, did you want anything? No, I'm okay for now. You really just don't know how to relax, do you? You're gonna come to a strip club and you're just gonna sit there and silent. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just two <laughs> orders of poutine, please. Uh, Gwenevieve says thank you, and then she looks at over at Atlas and whispers to you, and she says, I really like your new friend. I was a good guy. As far as I know, he just doesn't know much about his where he's going or his past. Yeah, you, you've mentioned that. That's it's that's interesting. Um, that's very interesting. She goes, but anyways, I'm really happy that you invited me here. So tell me a little bit more about about this uh, this mission. Um, you guys were in Osmaria. It sounds like it was relatively low key. So and it, and it went well. Low key. He interrupts because now he's been drinking a little bit. Low key. What do you mean? We were fighting hydras. Well, I mean, you're back in one piece. Barely. True. That's more than what some of Atlas's other comrades could say. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 
I don't know, though. It all seems like whenever Atlas is involved, we find ourselves in less than desirable situations. Hmm. Well, I mean, that's implying that you've always been with Atlas when these things happen. So is it perhaps that whenever you're with Atlas, you're the one causing these less than desirable situations? Mm. <laughs> no, no, that couldn't possibly be it. I'm perfect. Hmm. Well, she raises her glasses. Cheers to perfection. Cheers to perfection. But seriously, ha- like, tell me about it. Is there anything interesting? Anything you learned? New stuff? Um... There's actually, I don't know if you can look at it or if I had to have somebody else look at it, but I do have a weapon that I need a, I got a jewel with it or somewhat. Um, the shopkeep didn't really explain it too much. It was more just a, looks like it can be implanted into the weapon itself. I just don't know how to. Hmm. Also, and I'm going to pull out the amulet. What is that? This is the amulet of the of the uh, amulet of the kappa the kappa oh you mean the kappa arbe yes that 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 old tale <laughs> would you buy that from a trinket seller um oh it's no. for me oh Act- no it's not what is this wait what does it look like actually i forgot it's like the yeah. thing with the gem and the yeah so it has this, it's it's, it's gold-plated, like yeah. and it's gold-plated and has, like, all manner of aquatic animal around it, the center of it, or, like, etched around it. And in the very center, there is a jewel that is, aqua, like, an aqualine blue with a little bit of yellow on the end, like, tip of it. And it's hung together by, like, an old chain. No, I got this from the uh, couple larvae that was on the mission. <laughs> oh, you're serious? Yes. I was going to say one of my not as Clive likes to mention. She puts down her drink as the as the performance is starting mm-hmm. to like really take over in the background and just stares at you with this very serious look and she says, "You found something about the Capoyarbe and you didn't come talk to me about it first?" I mean, we're kind of dealing, kind of like Clive said, we're dealing with hydras, flooding uh, runes. Um, no, 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 I mean when you got back. Oh, well, yeah, like I said, I had to st- uh, speak to Slauson. You know how he is kind of with the tardiness or not being efficient. Mm. Yeah, well, that man works way too hard. So you're telling me I can study this, right? And she kind of like starts to reach out for it. How long do you need to study it for? Oh, just give me a day. I could learn so much, maybe. Yes, you can have it for a Yeah, you can have it for a day. Yes! And you see like the real <laughs> excitement about her, the excitement of like inquiry. As she goes to, to grab it, there's like a moment where like her hand kind of vibrates for a second. And you see her like kind of have like this look of surprise. She says, oh, that's... That's weird. Does it always feel that way when you touch it? Like it's like, like it's like a, almost like a zap. Yes, I mean, I feel as if you 
study the object more, it stops to do that as much. But um, yeah, normally I feel like when uh, you just kind of pass it back and forth, yeah, usually zaps you. Wow. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be up all night looking at this. This is interesting. She then puts it into a side satchel and she says, oh, uh, "Enough of work. I feel like we're here to enjoy the show, right?" Yeah. I just want to get you out of the lab and get Clive out so he can do something more than obsess over his inevitable future destiny. Well, look who's talking. Fate. What about you? <laughs> you haven't relaxed. You haven't relaxed since we got here. Here I am kicking back drinks and having a nice conversation with your scientist friend and see Clive. This is sitting there this is the secret. I'm always relaxed. You going yeah, to be able like that. looking at you and shaking her head. It looks like Winnebago. Is he always like this? Is he always just so uptight? Do you ever get him? Do you ever get him out and doing anything fun? Yes. And she's shaking her head while saying that. <laughs> uh, you guys just don't know how to enjoy a good time. Well, that's why we're here tonight. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here tonight. Yep, that's why Speaking we're here. Speaking of, where's that? I'm hungry. Where's that food at? And that's kind of when the poutine starts to get delivered around and set down in front of you guys. And Guinevere, like, says thank you to you and then goes in for the fries. But before she does that, she takes takes off her shawl, revealing these just really soft, like, slender shoulders. And she accidentally kind of, like, leans into Atlas a little bit as she's trying to, to get to the food. And there's, like, this dichotomy of someone who's, like, as bookish as she is very beautiful but doesn't also realize it and she's like going to town on these on these <laughs> fries i think clive's gonna mimic that also go to town you're gonna mimic also but leaning not into me to, not neil and <laughs> oh um looks at you alice and she says were you hungry I'm gonna let you guys uh bow down a little oh guinevere i have something that we could try on our uh on our poutine here what takes the takes the container out of his out of his pocket and crushes it super super duper fine like way less than what what i tried at the shop and like sprinkles a little bit on both of our things and he's like all right now go ahead and try it what in the she says is this this is special yeah it's a it's, it's a seasoning salt it's gonna well have... then we shouldn't be doing this alone she then picks up a fry and picks one and she goes to put it in atlas's mouth and she goes Everybody, Bottoms same up. time. I need everyone to go make wisdom saving throws. 21. 16. Six. <laughs> so for you guys, the taste is like, it has a little bit of that beginning flavor for you, but then it rounds out nicely. But you watch as Guinevere goes through the same symptoms as you did before, where her face like starts to turn bright red, and then her nose starts to run. <laughs> And then her eyes start to run, and she's. What? What is that? <laughs> what? She runs out from the from the seats and into the bathroom. Clive looks over at Alice, and he's like, uh, well, "I don't know. I thought it tasted fine. Maybe <laughs> she maybe she, she should go gonna, check on her. Make sure she's okay. Is she gonna be all right? Oh yeah, she'll be fine." That'll be fine. That happened to me the first time I tried it too back at the shop, but uh seemed to seemed to I seemed fine this time, so But I would I'd probably just go check on her just in case, you know. Alice will get up. He'll go walk over. 
And then Clive just keep eating his food. <laughs> so as Atlas leaves, Clive, I need you to make a perception roll. 21. As he leaves, you see from one of those booths, like from the shielding, you see a group of folk leaving and exiting into view. And you catch a little bit of their conversation. Yeah. Can you believe that? The the Tetsup are calling it the HMS Soul. It's supposed to be the largest luxury casino line ever created. Not just that. It's the first one that went navigated without guild busboy control. I know, it's amazing. Us Kashin, we need to get something like that. Something that will allow us to get around the galaxy without having to go through those damn dwarves. Hmm. Yeah, but that's not the most amazing thing. I mean, you're a fan of military history. They said on that auction, they sold the demon in white's rifle. Someone got a irreplaceable piece of history. Can you believe that? <sighs> if only I was that lucky to get that. And then they start walking away and their conversation starts to kind of like fade off. Out of your shot. Atlas, you come to the you come to the hallway that has all the bathrooms, and instead of having like one giant like bathroom, there's like individual doors, and so you know three are locked, and there's like eight of them. Which one are you in, Guinevere? I need you to make a performance roll. <laughs> Eleven. Silence passes, and then you hear one of the lock goes. Door opens and you still see Guinevere like kind of hunched over, like <laughs> just full on snot coming down. You can see it's like ruined part of her cocktail dress, and she goes, "I'm fine, I'm fine." Alice will uh, just go like grab some of like the equivalent of paper towels and just like okay. clean her up like he's taking care of somebody. That's make a charisma roll. Sixteen she like she tries to kind of fight you off but then eventually she like lets you do what you're doing and finally as she seems to kind of get control of herself she goes Ugh, is this what it felt like when you first came here to have someone take care of you yeah it's a little uh overbearing in a sense yeah a little bit as you kind of dab one of the tears away and a little bit of snot from the side of her mouth. It's a little overbearing, but... I guess if it's anyone, I suppose it's you that I would be okay with doing it. I mean, you did create the, uh... What was it? What did we call it in the beginning? Oh, I, what? I have, like, a... Supposedly I have, like, a nickname that I do not really like, but that's been, like, kind of going around. But, uh, you and... Segura definitely created the uh, the strongest in the in universe. The universe. <laughs> C2. <laughs> she, she smiles and she says, I just helped. That, that, that was all him. She finally like is like somewhat cleaned up and she goes, and now my dress is ruined. This is why I don't get out, Atlas. Because I tend to ruin everything I go out to. No, I think it's fine. It's not really... Say so we just go watch the show. Atlas will, will just take off his jacket and, like, use it to, like, cover her up. It basically swallows her. 
and she just kind of <laughs> we can either stay for the show and you can just use that for the rest of the night or i can take you back she smiles now i'm on your psych team so this doesn't mean anything but you've been a gentleman and she puts her arm around yours and she says this isn't necessarily my kind of show but friend to friend you invited me so why don't we go watch it and I was the one going on the date. I got Clive here with me. What the heck? <laughs> He's third wheeling. Clive, have you eaten her food too? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so you guys come back, Atlas and Gwyneth, and Clive has just finished both baskets and and they're they've been stacked together. And he and just he just kinda looks up. He's like, Oh, uh, you guys are gone for quite a while. I don't know if you're coming back. I didn't really want the food to sit here. So I, uh, I'm sorry about that. And Guinevere just kind of like shrugs and says, I think my stomach turned wrong anyways. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about that too. Yeah. I'm sorry about the anesthesia. <sighs> That's fair. Well, now we're even. Good. And... <laughs> With that, you guys kind of sit down and the show begins. So with that, I think we will probably call that a game and move on to the next one. Awesome. See you later, spacers. Vibes, 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 vibes. Atlas is on a date. Atlas is on a date. So close. So close to pushing them and pushing them together. So close. Hey, but that was a pretty intimate moment. I know. That was. Okay, I'm going to go back. I went the whole episode that Wow. And then I guess we'll do the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>